I'm Lindsay. And I'm Kathy from the Kindergarten Kiosk Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect those of others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Coming up on episode 59 of Podcast PD, we discuss the value of the PLN and why every educator needs one. This is Podcast PD, the show that provides you with anytime, anywhere professional development. Our conversations and guests will provide you with the learning you might get in a faculty meeting or on a PD day. Except you're going to have more fun with AJ Bianco, Stacey Lindis, and me, Chris Nessie. Let's start the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Podcast PD. If this is the first time you're listening, welcome. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. Hope you enjoy today's episode. My name is Chris Nessie, and I am joined as always by my podcast, PD Compadres, AJ Bianco and Stacy Lindis. Mr. Bianco, what's going on, buddy? What is going down, Mr. Nessie, Stacy Lindis, and our podcast, PD people? Happy, happy recording day. Happy recording day. We're actually happy doing this recording day. an hour earlier, so to speak. Because we fell back? Didn't feel like it. No, I'm exhausted. That's why I wanted to record earlier. <laughs> Stacy, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm tired, but I had a good weekend of some PD, some family time, and some friend time. I mean, it was just totally complete. All the things. I hope I fit into two or three of those things. Yes, yes. I saw you yesterday <laughs> at... Um, in Asbury Park here in New Jersey for Rich Chiz and Trevor Bryan's event. That was a lot of fun. Four o'clock faculty live, live, live. Yes, it was very informative. And then, um, yeah, then I headed back out to that Belmar Shore area for my sister's engagement celebration. And that was a good time. And it's a three-day week, gentlemen. It is a three-day week. It is a three-day week. Do you guys have three days, or do you have um, anybody off for election day? My students are off for election day. I have all-day PD, and I have students on Monday and Wednesday. And then, obviously, the NJEA convention, which is unique to New Jersey, where our state union has afforded us two days for professional development and no school. So that's pretty cool. AJ, how does that affect you as an administrator? Yeah, so the kids are in school for three days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and the teachers are off Thursday, Friday. Um, I would have to go in, but I took two vacation days. Since the family is off, I figured it's a good time to be off with them. So I'm using I'm using my uh, <laughs> my first vacation days. That's great. Yeah, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to a little family time, a little downtime, short week. We all can use it. Have you guys heard that um, November is called No School November? What? Huh? Yeah. So, like, I never heard that either. I've been teaching for 18 years, and it's the first time I've heard anyone call November No School November. Between convention, some districts have off, like yours, Chris, for um, election day if polling takes place in the buildings. Right next door, Hamilton Township is off for the entire week, so their kids don't have school next week. Blows my mind. I've actually got a five-day weekend 
because I'm off Thursday, Friday for the teacher convention, and I'm off the following Monday for, uh, Veterans, for Day. Veterans Day observed. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just like so many different things and reasons to be off and out of school. So, and then Thanksgiving's coming. So, it's my favorite. Oh, month. that's right. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yay. My favorite holiday. Yeah. I mean, look, there's, there's days off and I get over it, but I've never heard it referred to as no school November. Me neither. Yeah, that that is a new one for me too, but I'll take it. Anyway, Chris, what's on our agenda tonight? I'll say real quick, if I could interject, um, for our our valuable listener, our website has been redesigned. Uh, I was a busy little bee over the last couple of weeks, so make sure you head over to podcastpd.com and check out the redesigned front page where the, the page features our latest episode right up front and some more graphically and visually pleasing buttons to navigate the website. Uh, you can see our Instagram and get access to our tweets. And we're actually really excited to announce that you can now help support Podcast PD by becoming what we are calling a Podcast PD executive producer. You can do this. Uh, we're powering this through PayPal. So there is a, a web link you can go to, podcastpd.com slash executive producer where you have a couple of options. You can support this podcast with a one-time donation for any amount, uh, whatever you think we're worth and you want to help us keep the lights on here uh, in our respective studios. That would be fantastic. Uh, and you could also make, if you choose, a recurring monthly donation of 3 5 or $10 or any amount that you choose. And we've got a couple of incentives for you because we want to make sure that you are, besides the podcast, getting some bang for your buck. So Stacy. If somebody were to donate $3 to the podcast, what do they get? They get a totally awesome Podcast PD sticker. That is cool. People love stickers, and we have a good one because we designed it. So I think we're pretty proud of it. I love our sticker. <laughs> yeah. It looks great on a water bottle, doesn't it, Stacy? It looks lovely on a water bottle, Chris. <laughs> uh, for $5, this is, you know, this might be the one that really makes you reach for your phone and hit that and smash that donate button. Here we go for $5. AJ, the AJ Bianco will record your voicemail message as Lego Batman, which I think is pretty exciting. Cuter Lego Batman here. So AJ you excited about that. I can't wait. I mean, I know we don't use voicemail anymore, but uh, I'll be happy to do somebody's voicemail. I really will. Any voice you want to. I'll do a Lego Batman. I'll do Elmo. I don't care. You pick what you want. Do you do Elmo? Time out. I do you Elmo. You do Elmo? Yeah. Hidden, hidden, uh, hidden talent there. And for $10, we will send you an official Podcast PD t-shirt. There you go. If you appreciate the content that we've been putting together for over three years uh, and even longer with the chat and everything, um, your support would certainly go a long way to help us with uh, media hosting, web hosting, domain stuff, and other little expenses that crop up in producing a podcast. So if you want to be an executive producer, go out to podcastpd.com slash executive producer, and there'll be a link in the show notes at podcastpd.com slash 59. Just saying that podcast PD shirt, that's like a real hidden gem, because I don't think the public has that, or not many people in the public have the podcast PD shirt. No, not many people do. 
Nope. So I love my shirt. I also guess not a lot of people have a voicemail from me, but you know. Hey, if they make the one-time donation of $15, we'll do the... Here, here you go. For $18, we'll give you the sticker, <laughs> the voicemail, and the t-shirt. I, I, you know, maybe one day we'll offer... I've been working... You guys are going to laugh. I've been working on my Darkwing Duck impression. Please send us a message if anybody knows who Darkwing Duck is, because I have a feeling Stacy has no idea. And she's like, oh, good gravy. Like, she's like, Darkwing Duck? Isn't that from DuckTales or something? See? No. No, it's not. No. No, wait. I know it, sort no, no, of. No, no, you don't. <laughs> I've heard of it. If only I had a crazy thing called a computer. The internet. <laughs> All right. So while Stacy's pulling up information about... Uh, Disney Queen afternoons. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we did have the uh, four o'clock faculty live event yesterday in Asbury Park. It was super cool to see and hang out with Stacy for half a day in. So I keep wanting to call it Clockwork Orange. But Stacy, what is the name of the place we went to yesterday? It is called Cross and Orange, and they sell an amazing Balto sandwich. Bacon, avocado, lettuce, tomato and onion. I took the onion off. So you just had a bolt. And I had one better. I had the Belgian waffle and fried chicken. I had chicken and waffles for lunch. It was delicious. Okay, I'm looking at this picture of Darkwing Duck, and I see him with Webby and Launchpad, and yes. Anyway, it was probably a spinoff, just saying. It, it, it was a spinoff. You people suck. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, the event was really good. Obviously hosted by the great Rich Chiz and Trevor Bryan, uh, co-founders and creators of the Four O'Clock Faculty uh, website, blog. Rich was and had uh, copies of his new book, Secret Sauce, on hand, but he also had some dynamic speakers on hand. So we learned about social-emotional learning. We learned about uh, creative writing and writing from an art teacher that is Trevor Bryan and his new book, which Stacy picked up a copy of right there on the spot. And uh, what else did we learn about Stacey? Uh, Nilly Bartley talked about um, leading without a title and how really anyone can exercise their leadership muscles and skills that no title is necessarily involved in that. And, you know, she's a really good model for that type of endeavor um, as an instructional coach and computer teacher in her district. We talked about the SEL, but it was really, it was really well done with, um, the presenter who was talking about it did a lot with mindfulness and practicing breathing. And I took a lot of notes, took about four or five pages of notes. And one conclusion we came to Stacy was that uh, we would like to have a lot of these people become future guests of this podcast to kind of go into that deep dive, you know, for AJ, for us again, and for you, our listener. So we want to bring that PD to you because that's the point of the podcast. So what do we have in store for tonight? Tonight, we are basically wrapping up what has turned into an impromptu series. Uh, This conversation began a few episodes ago with our conversation about the value of Twitter, and it carried over into our last episode. And here in episode 59, we were inspired by a recent post on teachthought.com about why every educator should have a PLN. And I think this would be a nice way to kind of put a bow on this little mini series. This article on teachthought.com was posted towards the end of October, 2019. I think it was October 24th. It outlines 10 
reasons why you should have a PLN. So I thought we could kind of go through these 10 reasons, uh, riff on them a little bit, and I think we would all agree right off the bat that every teacher should have a PLN, but here are some reasons that maybe maybe you're just listening to this podcast and you this is this is it and you go to PD but are you connecting with people and I think that's important you know when we go back to that Twitter conversation from a couple episodes ago we do see value in people connecting with each other so before we start this conversation uh why every educator needs a PLN let's first define PLN and we here at Podcast PD believe that PLN stands for professional learning network where you are connecting with other professionals, educators, administrators, people in this profession to learn, grow, and improve at your craft. So from here on out, when we say PLN, we are talking about the professional learning network. And the first thing on this list that it talks about, uh, number one is find great resources, lesson plans, and conferences. And I think this is the no-brainer piece that if you are building your PLN and you're connecting with other educators and like-minded professionals, or even those that challenge your way of thinking, that that's going to lead you to resources that are going to become valuable in your classroom. It can lead you to accessing uh, different types of lesson plans and resources that you can use to plan instruction or maybe run your department or bring in content for your staff if you're a building administrator. And also conferences, finding out what are the events that are happening, whether it's ed camps or other types of conferences that are happening that you can get to. So I think those are three subsets of this whole why you need a PLN. So it can lead you to finding great resources, lesson plans, and access to educational events. I like it. I um, I rely on my PLN at school for the lesson planning and the resource sharing a lot. Um, even just the educational conversation, you know, helps make it a lot easier to get through certain parts of the day, certain struggles that you might be having, um, personal or professional. So it is nice to have that. And then, um, you know, going back to our Twitter conversation, you know, finding your people, I just find that through conferences, I've really been able to connect with people in a way that has bolstered my education, my teaching, and what I do for kids and other teachers. I, I think that was uh, kind of what led to Twitter for me in the first place. I think that's what actually got me a Twitter and got me my PLN was finding these amazing conferences, you know, uh, leaning on these people who were just putting stuff out there and say, hey, great conference coming up, conference alert. Uh, I think I kind of made more connections uh, at these conferences to really grow the, the PLN. So I think without these people putting things out there, I think I'd be in a different place today. Number two is sharing your resources and your ideas. And I think this is what really did it for me. So being able to connect with other people and share the things that I'm doing and trying in my classroom and, you know, my perspective of, you know, using technology is difficult, just give it a try. And I feel that way about most things that I do in my classroom with my students. And I let my students know, and I've always let them know, hey, it's okay to fail and make mistakes. And, you know, the classroom here, whether it's high school or college, the classroom is where you have this big safety net where it's okay to kind of learn and grow. And, and sharing that with people 
over the last little more than a decade, I think I've been able to help other people that I've come in contact with in sharing lesson plans I've done, project ideas, you know, mentoring a student teacher and just kind of participating in Twitter chats over the last decade have really given me the opportunity to not only connect with people, but to share what I think is valuable. And I think that that's helped some people along the way. Like you're the reason that I got involved in all of that. And you're the reason we're doing this podcast. So, so I think this is a big one. I think this is what really makes the, the PLN full circle. You know, I think a lot of people first like to take in everything and consume whatever they can. And I think they're afraid to share and put, put ideas out there. When you become more confident and you see the things around you that people put out there, I think you then gain a little more confidence that you could start putting these out there, whether it is the podcast or a lesson or a picture of your classroom, whatever the case may be. I think uh, people really need to allow their professional network to see what they do. Because I think that's a, that's a big deal. It shows who you are. It shows you're authentic. You know, the, the point is to grow and learn together. So the more people that you can connect with, the, the better off you're going to be professionally. And I think we would all agree with that. Absolutely. I like it. Number three on the list is following amazing educators and their blogs. Can um, we swap out blogs for podcasts? <laughs> I don't, I mean, we could, but I still feel that, you know, people have relevant information and their avenue for sharing that information is a blog. Not everyone has a podcast. But I also question, I know people, okay, I'm going to go tangent for a second. Everybody's always tweeting out and sharing blog posts. Let's be honest. How often are you clicking and reading blog posts? Depends who the person is. Yep. Well, look, this isn't our list, right? But we can add on to it where number three then says, follow amazing educators and their blogs and their podcast or their podcast. So maybe their content. There you go. All right, I can get on board with that. Right. And, and I think like we've had this conversation and again, this goes back to our Twitter conversation, making sure that it's relevant and meaningful for you. You know, there are a lot of people who are quick to share whatever it is that they're doing, but not everything that everyone is doing will bring value to what you're doing. So be diligent, pick and choose. Um, if you don't have time for reading a blog, by all means, find someone who's sharing their their resources via audio and listen to a, a podcast or, you know, do what works for you. But I find that all of these these resources that people share bring value. We need people to be able to follow our content, right? So I think really this is what's what makes us tick. You know, we are sharing our ideas, we're sharing our content. We're also kind of eliciting information from other people. For example, this this blog right here. I mean, it's good to kind of consume other people's things every now and then. You know, it kind of opens your eyes to different ideas and then gets you to talk about it, whether it's professional conversation or batting things back and forth like we are right now. And actually, I would even add on too that, you know, whether it's blogs or podcasts, you know, if you're whatever content you're consuming, take some time. Again, I think part of the professional learning network is also a little bit of that personal piece. And if you find something valuable from somebody, reach out to them, say thank you leave a comment on a blog post or, you know, send in some podcast feedback to who's creating the content that you appreciated, 
you know, what they did because, you know, I, I've been saying as long as I've been doing this, that feedback is like gas in the tank and, you know, inspires me to want to keep talking. <laughs> but uh, if you find something that you find valuable, let somebody know you find value in it because, you know, we've talked about it before. Sometimes we feel like we're just throwing balls out into the ocean and we don't know if anybody's seeing them, catching them. Put that personal touch. And it doesn't have to be for the masses. You don't have to send a tweet. Send a message. Let the person know. You know, if you want to keep it solo, you don't have to slide the into world. their DMs. You don't as the have kids to let say. the whole world know. <laughs> I read your podcast. It was amazing. Like sometimes it's just a personal message that makes somebody feel better than anything else. Unless it's Podcast PD, then please tag <laughs> us at Podcast PD on Twitter and let the whole world know. <laughs> uh, number four, get support when needed. Once you start becoming comfortable with the people that you are connecting with, whether it is from conferences or whether you're creating a little Twitter chat and you have these people that you feel supported by, reach out to them. See what kind of help they can offer. Be honest with them. Tell them you're struggling with something. You know, I'm sure we're all going through the same thing. We've all been there. Speak up. And that's what we're here for. You know, connect with people in any way that you can. It could be the person next to you or it could be someone whose voice you you value and whose opinion you seek out. And Voxer is always a good way for me to kind of reach out to people. I think it adds some context outside of like the written word. And then number five on the list is make international connections. Obviously, then we're using tools like Twitter, Instagram, Skype, Google Hangouts, ways to connect with people who are certainly going to give you a much different perspective than the people in the country that you teach in. So for us, we'd be connecting with people outside the United States. If you are one of our international listeners, hey, reach out to us. We'll, we'll be happy to give you the U.S. perspective or reach out to people in other countries. And I, I kind of mean this half sarcastic, half serious. Uh, but in the U.S., you know, maybe we don't always have to reach out to the people in Finland. We can reach out to other countries and other educators who are doing things differently in their classrooms all over the world. I think one of the benefits of, you know, podcasting for me and putting out content is I've been able to connect with a lot of people from Australia, you know, whether it's listeners or people who have, you know, sent in feedback or, you know, responded to tweets. Yes. Um, that's just been really neat to connect with people and talk with people who their worldview is upside down because they're in Australia and that's upside down from here. No, <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's, there's value in, positive international relations. You know, and I think we're noticing more now. Well, I've been noticing more now. A lot of people I'm connected with on social media are Canadian. You know, we th I think about uh, one of the podcasts we listen to, Tim Cavey. He's from Canada. It's international. You know, it's, it's, it is. It's Shooks and Gif, it's international. North, it's North America, but we are international. And uh, seeing, seeing the differences between what everybody does is, is pretty phenomenal. And you know what, even connecting with uh, some of the expat teachers that are out there that are you people from the U.S. who are now teaching and living abroad, they certainly have a unique perspective. So it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, a native person from, say, Japan, but you might be able to connect with a U.S. person who is living and teaching in Japan. And, you know, they're immersed in the culture and the society and the education system there in another country. So certainly you use Twitter, use Instagram. Uh, find these people who are putting out their blogs and, and podcasts and, you know, give yourself a different perspective and connect with these people. Talk with them. 
there you certainly have uh, great opportunities to learn from them. I should have did number six. I should have did number six, but one of you guys could take it. All right. So um, flatten your classroom walls. Squish. Squish. Um, you know, just making sure that you're not in that silo where your ideas are contained and, um, you know, inviting people in to see your amazing teaching, going to see other great teachers. Um, how else would you describe that, Chris? Actually, I kind of got lost in a uh, a daydream of each of us riding the wrecking ball and knocking down walls. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting daydream. <laughs> But no, I mean, I, I've been talking about this for years. You know, I I have taught for the last 12 years in a world where I believe my classroom has no walls, where my students can connect with other students from around the world. I can connect with other teachers from around the world. And, you know, it started out as, you know, my students were not confined to the four walls of the classroom, that learning would extend beyond the classroom through things like technology and without mentioning specific tools, that's where I started, you know, making learning accessible to my students 24-7 when appropriate. But that has now impacted me as an educator where I can learn 24-7 as a professional. You know, Twitter chats, like we talked about, happening 24-7, you know, every day of the week, all, all days, all times of the year, all types of podcasts coming out all the time, people putting out content on YouTube. Um, there's where we are not confined to, I mean, this podcast alone, we are not confined to professional development, you know, a few times a year in our auditoriums and cafeterias and, you know, faculty lounges or going to local conferences, you know, you can learn anytime, anywhere, preferably with podcasts. <laughs> I think this is happening more now than ever before. I think you had mentioned the usage of social media with so many people connected on so many different platforms, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you know, I think people are happy to show off their classroom, show what they're doing and invite other people in, in that way. Um, but I think also allowing our students to do the work that will reach other classrooms. So when you think about people who had done this earlier on with the Google, ha <clears throat> Google Hangouts or mystery Skypes or, things like that. I think those are knocking down walls, but I think now inviting in authors and talking about having people come in and visit from afar. I think that that's, that's really a big part of our learning today for our students. I was going to put you on the spot based on a conversation we were having yesterday, Stacy, about the people in our buildings that, you know, we may, we may not be utilizing again. Let's, let's take Trevor Bryan, for example. Right. He's an art teacher. He's written a book about writing and you passed a comment to me like comprehension. And, you know, you commented to me, Hey, we're listening to an art teacher talk about comprehension who wrote a book called the art of comprehension. And he commented to us, you know, the people in his building, yeah, they know he wrote a book, but did they ever think to bring him into a language arts class to talk about what it means to write and how to write a nonfiction book? I, I like I never thought to tap into those resources. And I said that to him. I said, you know, that's really interesting. Like I've known you for a few years now and same thing with Rich and Jay Billy was there yesterday and he wrote a book too. And like, how cool would it be if, you know, 
our kids not only see those well-known authors that they know and love, you know, um, with the Global Read Aloud, some of the authors have made themselves accessible and they're doing like a weekly video where like they're answering kids' questions about their books and their writing process. But wouldn't it be neat if like someone I knew personally was able to do a, a Google Hangout and talk to my students about like nonfiction writing, which is what we're currently doing, you know? Um, my friend Annie, who was on the podcast talking about mindfulness a few years ago, she, her, one of her best friends is a journalist and we're in, we're currently in a journalism unit and she reached out to that person and that person did a hangout with, with her class and she was able to give her kids like that firsthand resource, um, of someone who, who does the work that they're doing now as a profession, you know, and it's just kind of cool when we think about the different ways that we can connect our classrooms. And it doesn't have to be, you know, face to face in real time. It can be asynchronous with things like Flipgrid and Padlet. And I think that sometimes we get so caught up in um, like being married to one tool. And I just think if you're open minded and creative enough and willing to say yes and then you'll find some solutions to some some really cool big hurdles, you know, knocking down the wall doesn't seem so impossible. As you shared that, I think, you know, two things came to my mind. One, you know, there's been a handful of times where I've been contacted by teachers to speak to students about podcasting. And, you know, I'm not Ira Glass, but the kids don't care about that kind of thing. Like, you know, this American life, but the teacher can say, you know, here's somebody who creates a podcast and ask questions. So I've done some Google Hangouts with you know, third graders and sixth graders where, you know, for 45 minutes, they're just asking me questions about how to podcast. So reach out to people who are the experts or who are doing something you want to bring to your students. So if you know an author, a journalist, an athlete, whatever, reach out to those people, lever leverage your network because you never know who you can one in your building, find valuable. And then, you know, leverage social media, Twitter, Instagram, um, on, on a recent episode of House of Ed Tech where I had my wife Caitlin on, she actually in her library, she adds teachers in the building to the catalog. So students can, based on topics, they'll find people in the building who are doing or involved in certain topics. And then they know, oh, I can go talk to Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so about topic X because they're in the catalog. So I thought that was cool. And it fits very handily with the next suggestion, which is to collaborate globally on projects. I mean, I just mentioned the global read aloud. That's one way to do it. We've had, um, we've had two gentlemen, I forget their names. Chris helped me out with, um, March book madness. Like it's another way to kind of have our kids connect in a way that is, meaningful and isn't just the same 24 faces or, you know, the classroom across the hallway and connecting about topics and, and interests that are universal, whether it be books or sports, um, you know, you're talking about our friends of the podcast, Tony Kiefer and Scott Jones. Thank you. Thank you. What episode were they on? They were on in episode 46, Stacey. Lovely. So, I mean, it's another way to reach out. I know my school district does, um, in eighth grade, they have a 
a, a culminating activity at the end of the year called the Global Challenge. And, you know, kids try to solve part of the UN's, um, you know, they used to be called MDGs and now I don't remember what they're called. Is it SDGs? Anyway, so they try to solve, you know, some of the big issues in the UN. And as part of that experience, they, they get to have a Skype call with experts in the field, whether it's, you know, water conservation, um, you know, uh, mosquito netting or creating a filtration system or, you know, um, working with uh, Promo Hair, which is a, a Spanish speaking organization that helps women and women's reproductive rights. Not only are these kids doing amazing research, but then they're reaching out to people to talk about the feasibility of their solution and to get feedback on the work that they can actually do as 13 year olds who are going to be moving up to the high school and the work that they can continue um, if they so choose, you know? So it's just, it's, there's just so many ways to connect globally, reach out. And, um, you know, you're not, you're not your kid's only teacher. And I happen to work in a, in a district where the population, you know, there's, there's a lot of different cultures and a lot of different places where our families come from and just kind of reaching out to those experts as well and seeing if they have connections, you know, tap into all of your resources, see what resources you have from your kids and your families and, no, no. And based on that, that's kind of what the three of us do. I mean, while we're not global, we collaborate on this podcast to create content, have these conversations. And we know a lot of other people who are creating podcasts or writing blogs and, you know, they're not living in the same place. So if you connect with somebody, have the conversations, create the content. Ultimately, it's going to benefit somebody's students. Could be your own, could be somebody else's. But I think that's also another way to look at collaborating and last to touch on that i think it's really powerful to to have this global collaboration i think it's going to make our students better people when they leave school i think it's going to help them uh figure out first of all what they like to do uh how they want to focus their careers and uh and, and how it's going to help them in the workplace one day how could it not i mean think of some of the things that just the three of us can talk about with students we interact with and teachers we interact with the things that we model and talk about what we do. So there's way more people than us doing these great things. And hopefully there again, it goes back to the topic, building that network, talking and sharing what you're doing, not to brag or to show off, but to share and inspire. All right. So let's jump to number eight, find round of the clock inspiration. And uh, this is a big one because if you are using your PLN, you're going to find people from many different areas, whether it's local, whether it is international, as we had just talked about. But you're going to find these people that are constantly putting things out there that you can use to benefit you, your teaching, uh, your leadership, whatever the case may be. But if you follow a specific hashtag or if you are looking for uh, people like you, you're going to be able to find uh, people who are constantly putting something out there that's going to benefit you and your learning and all that goes with it. So I think uh, the round-the-clock inspiration is something that we've experienced. I know this is what we talked about when we talked about Twitter earlier on. Uh, 5.30 in the morning, we had people connected on Twitter. That's still going on in many places. Whether it's 5.30 in the morning, 9 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night, 1 o'clock in the morning, uh, you're going to find these people that are 
constantly putting things out there to help you. Um, number nine says learn the latest trends in education. So another reason to have a PLN is because you cannot be the only person who knows all the things. Um, one of the things we talk about when we go to conferences is, you know, the smartest person in the room is the room. And, um, you know, that's where all the idea sharing takes place and being part of that and knowing who to go to um, for that one thing or for multiple things is really beneficial. And, you know, not only does it make you a better educator, but it makes your teaching better for your students. And I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, that's the goal, right? Like you're not listening to us because you love our voices. Um, you're listening to us because you want to get new ideas and keep things fresh. And, you know, hopefully we're bringing that value. So learning about new trends, you can check out a podcast like Chris's where he talks about innovative technology and giving it a shot. Or you can listen to, you know, you can listen to, um, you know, a literacy podcast if that's your jam or a math podcast if that's for you. The learning is endless. And I think that's why Chris, AJ and I speak so highly of podcasts. I mean, it's endless learning at, you know, with the press of a button. It's pretty cool. I think the bottom line is uh, the quote, if you're not learning, you're not growing. So learn something. I think that that actually wraps it up because Stacy, you just comboed the the tenth thing from this list, which was, you know, you never run out of ideas for new things to try. So, way to hit, kill two birds with one stone, you bird Thanks. killer. I'm a bird killer. I <laughs> know. Uh, I mean, like, think about it though. I mean, we rely on our families to get us through things, and like, why not have that same? like safety net, that network of people that can make education better and make our teaching better and make it more fun. You know, I'm in it to have fun as well. I don't, you know, I don't want to be this the... fun you speak of. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about anyway. Nah, but some people, you know, they're not having fun. Then they, then they need to find their, their, um, their tribe, right? Like they need, Oh, I hate that phrase now. There's nothing wrong with it. Find find your tribe, find your people. You know, there, there's different ways to slice that, but find people who lift you up. Your PLN. Find your, your PLN. PLN. There you go. <laughs> All right. So again, uh, these 10 things that we talked about, they come from a recent teachthought.com article, and uh, we will link to it in the show notes out at podcastpd.com slash 59. If you've listened to these 10 things that we talked about or you check out this post and you can think of additional reasons why you should have a PLN or why you yourself have a PLN, please leave a comment on the show notes or go to podcastpd.com slash feedback, send us a speak pipe, connect with us on Voxer, uh, shout us out on Twitter, let us know why people should have a PLN or why you have a PLN, share your reasons. We would love to hear them and share them. And now it's time for... Uh, what we're listening to and what we're learning. I'm going to go first because I wrote the most in the boxes in our show notes document. <laughs> so first I need to shout out you, Stacy. Yes. You Stacy Lindis, oh, because I am now caught up on the note to self podcast, the new episodes that have come out since you talked about it last episode. So thank you for that. I'm all caught up. Note to self, go resubscribe. If you like me unsubscribed a while ago, number two, New recommendation, 
And I know I talked about this with Stacy, so this might be why her number is still very high. <laughs> and it's probably going to get higher before I'm done. So new podcast, shortwave from NPR. Now, if you're listening to NPR podcast, you really can't avoid hearing about shortwave. So this podcast is a daily science podcast, and it's all about new discoveries, everyday mysteries, and the science behind the headlines, all in about 10 minutes every weekday. It's science for everyone, using a lot of creativity and a little humor. There are definitely moments where I have been made to laugh, and you can join host Maddie Sophia for science on a different wavelength, and I am loving this podcast. Stacy, have you started to listen to shortwave? Too many things, Chris. Too many things. AJ, does it sound appealing to you? Something different for me. It's out of my wheelhouse, out of my comfort zone. I'll give it a whirl. Give it a whirl. Well, I like that you yeah. said that it's um, appropriate for kids. So, Yes, I'll very much there. so. There's there, there's no cursing, good music, and the topics are, you know, there, there's one about vaping. There was one about zombie squirrels or zombie, something about zombies. I mean, I have it downloaded. I just haven't listened yet. All right. We'll, we'll go check it out. All right. And then I'm, I'm going to I'm going to sneak in a second recommendation that as we record this, I came across less than three hours ago, and this is called Office Ladies. Here's the description. The Office co-stars and best friends Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey are doing the ultimate The Office rewatch podcast for you. Each week, Jenna and Angela will break down an episode of The Office and give exclusive behind the scenes stories that only two people who were there can tell you. AJ, I know you're a fan of The Office. I, I enjoyed the show. And uh, people need to go. If you love The Office, go to theofficeladies.com or search for Office Ladies in your podcatcher. And as we record this, they are three weeks into this. So there's a teaser and they are going episode by episode in order with Angela and uh, Pam <laughs> talking about The Office. AJ, thoughts? I like that. That's pretty. That's pretty crazy. I like Jenna Fisher, so yeah. it's definitely something I can I can rock with. It's good. I listened to the teaser and the first episode before we started recording this tonight, and uh, I believe episode three they've got they got Rain Wilson on the podcast, and they said in their tail in in their trailer in their teaser trailer that they'll have basically everybody on at some point. So to to talk about the show, so it's it's almost like the DVD commentary only way better. And I, I really enjoyed the first episode. So go check it out. The office ladies.com. I just subscribed. So I'll let you know how it goes. I've been subscribed for a while. My brother told me about it. Um, also have not listened. Uh, you're so cool. No, I'm not so cool. I'm just, <laughs> she's have... hip. She's trendy. She's Visco Stacy. Oh, good God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, AJ, what have you been listening to? All right, so I'm, I'm going to throw an episode that nobody's going to listen to because nobody is going to care about this but me. Chris, you you might like this one. All right, so I was playing on the Spoiler, App Store. I've listened to this one. Book ahead. Oh, where? Oh, okay, it just came out. Word. Word. All right. All right, so I was playing on the uh, Apple App Store, and I was looking for a couple of apps to uh, to look into because I, I I have Apple CarPlay in my car, and something came up. I was like, all right, let me see what else I can add to my car to make my drive a little easier and see what else I connect and a new I don't know if it's new it's new to me a new podcast catcher I guess called breaker uh came out and I guess it's very similar to everything else I use so I'm probably not going to roll with it too much but I logged into breaker and I connected my social media 
And I got an email recently um, from Breaker with a recommendation that they thought I might like. And it was from Planet Money. And it's episode number 947. And it's called Some of the Money Ball. So if you've been listening to this show for a while, you know I'm a big fan of baseball. And uh, this episode had had a, a baseball connection. So I was like, I'm going to listen to this. And what it talks about is minor league baseball and minor league baseball players who really don't make enough money, right? So if you know anything about baseball, you know professionals make hundreds of thousands into the millions um, as their playing career progresses. Uh, minor leaguers make nothing. They work for the season, which could be from, let's say, April until maybe August. And then when their job is done, they go somewhere else, they go get a job, uh, substitute teaching, whatever the case may be. But these guys make like $8,000. So some of them, if they're lucky enough, might get a large signing bonus. But then when the season begins, they make $8,000 for the entire season. Um, this one guy is talking about the fact that he made uh, $1,600 for one of the months that he was a baseball player. So yeah, right? You think about that. And that, that, do, that doesn't include, because they don't really get much for meals or what he said was uh, moving his car back and forth or places to stay, you know, because when they're home and they have this, this is their home game. If they play maybe 50 games at home, they need some place to stay. And sometimes they find host families or things like that. But, but this, uh, this episode uh, was pretty eye opening for me and it was pretty cool. So I'll, the, uh, it's called planet money. It's episode 947, some of the money ball. And uh, I'll just read it exactly as it comes up. It says ba- baseball is a winner. Take all career. There's a very small chance of making massive amounts of money. But more importantly, there's a very big chance of making almost no money. Some minor leaguers earn $8,000 per year. To have more chances of winning the baseball lottery, some players are deciding to get together and face the odds as a group. They're joining income pools, which could change the way baseball players and lots of professionals think about how we get paid. So I thought it was interesting when I heard this episode and uh, the, the idea of pooling your money um, taking a gamble that maybe one day a friend of yours may make it big and maybe you won't um, was pretty interesting to me. It's not something obviously that would work in our profession since we're on a scale and we kind of are all together in some way. But I think in those bigger professions where income really is spaced out by hundreds of thousands and if not millions of dollars could be really helpful for some people. So it's a really cool episode, cool idea. Unfortunately, I thought it was a little short, to be honest. It was a 20-minute episode, but I felt like they could have really kept going and ran with this. So I'm going to see if I can look into this and see what else I can find. Because this idea for minor league baseball is something that really is making a major league baseball look foolish. Yeah, it's definitely a solid episode. And that's that's my one gripe with Planet Money is the episodes could go into a little more depth. Um, but for those that aren't familiar, uh, Planet Money is a podcast Uh, Here's a little bit of their description. Imagine you could call up a friend and say, meet me at the bar and tell me what's going on with the economy. Now imagine that's actually a fun evening. That's what they're going for with Planet Money. Every episode is about some issue from an economic point of view and perspective. I'm currently, again, subscribed and enjoying Planet Money. So definitely good recommendation, AJ. Nice. And that reminded me, AJ, of... A show. I was telling Chris that I didn't have a show for this week, and um, but I knew there was a show that I'd listened to, and I was like, "Oh, that's going to be my recommendation." But I'd listened to it two weeks ago, and um, 
It was How I Built This, Gimlet Media, Alex Blumberg, and Matt Lieber. And the reason Planet Money tipped me off is because Alex Blumberg, who created um, Gimlet Media with Matt Lieber, um, and they just sold to Spotify for an astronomical amount of money, um, he was responsible for creating Planet Money. So thanks for reminding me what show I wanted to recommend. I highly recommend that you listen to it. It talks about, um, you know, how they got started, um, you know, how they came together in their partnership, talks about Alex's early life and Planet Money and This American Life, talks about how he really just wanted to create, you know, a podcast, like a a for-profit podcast network um, for NPR and they weren't interested. So he created his own thing. And Chris, I know you and I got into watching the show based on that on ABC. It was short lived, but it was, um, I liked it. It was pretty funny. You know, they t- he talked about going out to VCs to fund this. It was just really interesting. And um, they talk about how their first show, which was called startup is pretty much the entire, um, run of like how they started Gimlet Media from naming the company to going out to VCs. You know, he talks about how it was kind of gimmicky, but it was also like a good view into what they were actually doing. You know, if you're recording your life and you're recording your startup life, you're pretty much saying like, Hey, here's all the work we're doing. It's like you're a portfolio of what you're doing. So yeah. They sold to, like I said, they sold to Spotify for roughly $200 million. Hey, Spotify, we'll do it for like half that. Right? <laughs> I, I mean, you do have the Education Podcast Network, Chris, and you can make millions. From, from your mouth to God's ears. Anyway, so I highly recommend it. Um, it was a really, really good episode. It's been a while since I've recommended an episode of How I Built This, but this this was by far one of my favorites. Very cool. So there you go. Three, well, four recommendations. We got Planet Money, Shortwave, Office Ladies, and How I Built This. Links will be in the show notes out at podcastpd.com slash 59. Oh, speaking of numbers, my number's 1584. 1584. It went down. AJ, what do you think will happen first? Our episode number passes her number or she comes down to meet us? <laughs> I'm good at gravy. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to hope that she comes down to us. Yeah, where will we be when we do podcast episode 1585? Who knows? Uh, Who knows? Anyway, so listener feedback. Uh, We got one tweet of note, and that was related to episode 58 of the podcast from friend of the show and friend of ours, Mike Murata. And he said, quote, another outstanding episode from the at podcast PD crew. Special thanks for the shout out for my podcast, Inclusive Technology for All. Go to MMATP.com slash IT, the number four all, to subscribe, listen to past episodes. And uh, that is from Mike Murata at MMATP on Twitter. AJ, do our Twitter shout outs. We got some new followers since the last episode, so shout them out. All right, so we got a large list of newbies, and we appreciate your follows. So we're going to go with at Joe Valver underscore HTSD. At Taylor Witty, at Hagler J. We have at Organize Leader VB. And that's Organize without the E. Uh, at Miss Brown 2019. 
at Jasmine Saab, at Digital Vic, at our boy, Mr. KV. It's at Mr. KV, not at our boy, Mr. KV. Just a big, big fan, <laughs> Mr. KV. Uh, and then, by the way, I might be seeing Mr. KV in December. He's making a way, uh, his way to New York. We're in the works of uh, getting some going, so be ready. Uh, let's continue. At Cole Weitz, at TWST Ed Teaching, at Skills Supporter, at Karabase 77, at MCP underscore IDT, at Curious Kid Pod, which I'm looking into. That sounds pretty cool. And at Catherine Sewell. Thank you all for the Twitter love, and we look forward to continued conversations and connections with you. Follow all these people. They'll be in the show notes. All right, gentlemen. It has been lovely chatting. We are wrapping up way earlier than normal, although it's still late. Um, And on that note, say goodbye, Christopher. Goodbye, Christopher. Say goodbye, AJ. Goodbye, AJ. Good night, Podcast PD. Goodbye. Thank you for checking out this episode of Podcast PD. For links to everything that we discussed in this episode, you can visit the show notes at our website, podcastpd.com. To connect with the show on social media, we are at Podcast PD on Instagram and Twitter, and we share using the hashtag Podcast PD. To connect with Stacy, AJ, and myself, we are on Twitter at Mr. Nessie, at IRunTech, and at AJ Bianco. We would love to hear from you, so please go to podcastpd.com slash feedback and send us an email, send us a voice message, whatever you need to do. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you share it with somebody that you think would get value from it. Word of mouth is the best way to share a podcast you enjoy, and we hope you enjoy Podcast PD. We appreciate you listening, we appreciate your sharing, and we love creating this podcast for you. We'll see you in the next episode. Take care.